Next on BYU Sports Nation, the leading scorer for BYU basketball injured in practice. What happens if Chase Fisher can't play this week? Who needs to step up on the road? Plus, David Nixon on the spring ball preparation for a new staff in the Cougars preseason rankings. And Jalen Reyes of BYU Volleyball, the biggest challenge of going from player to coach in one year. And look who decided to dance his way into work today. The one, the only producer extraordinaire, Ben Bagley. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, do you feel like dancing? Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Wednesday, February 10th, wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. My name is Spencer Linton. I am teamed up with vintage iPod collector, Jerem Jordan. I remember in a class um, in 2006 uh, in the Harris Fine Arts Center on campus watching Lost on my iPod and thinking, this is a miracle. I can watch this one-inch piece of video. <laughs> it was so small, and I was like, that's amazing. Remember the wheel? Said! The wheel. like the, the, oh, the, the, oh, the yeah. Touch, love the to touch it. wheel. Yeah, yeah. That was great. I, I came back from my mission in uh, December 2004. And I did not know what an iPod was. I was like, what? what? My sister said iPod. What? What's an iPod? <laughs> I, 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 we need to discuss something. I, I just saw the Scholastic Whoa. just tweeted out that there is an eighth Harry Potter book. What? Coming out July 31st. Oh, The eighth my story, goodness. 19 years later, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, parts one and two, based on the original new story. What? Is there a new Harry Potter book coming out? This has got to be a troll job, right? I, it was from at Scholastic. It's not misspelled. <laughs> Jeremy, they have 17 followers on Twitter. Wait, what? <laughs> just that would be, that would be. How many do they have? Hold on. I don't know. They only have 155,000. Okay, so maybe it's real. Wow. Is maybe that, this is it's exciting real. News if that's the case. Okay. Are you a Harry Potter fan? Do you like, do you like Harry Potter? Yes. If I said I, no. I'm not like fanatical about it, but I like if it. If I said no, I don't know if I'd have a home after this show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Brittany does love her some Harry Potter. <laughs> a lot of my friends too, so I'm not sure I'd have any friends either. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that like fits in the canon. You know, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's okay. News, now, right? while, okay. while you're super excited about the prospect of another Harry Potter book, 19 years later, whatever it is, listen to this: the BYU pilot or greatest pilot in BYU sports nation. One Greg Short just tweeted it. It was retweeted by J.K. Rowling. It's real. <laughs> Are you are you more excited about the next Star Wars movie or about this Harry Potter? Oh, book? Star Wars! No, no okay. competition. Okay, yeah. I'm just making sure. Yeah. I'm just making sure. The greatest pilot in BYU sports nation, Greg Short, just tweeted in Oakland Airport with San Francisco women's basketball team. Can we make magic this week too? Go Kooks! Last week he flew the St. Mary's men's basketball team from Bay Area. Not sure if it was Oakland. I'm assuming Oakland since he's there now. Uh, to uh, uh, Salt Lake. Yes. So, BYU. Can the BYU women get that win over San Francisco? We expect them to do so. Absolutely, they're home. Yeah. Two more wins for women's basketball. The thing is, Greg, are you are you flying the actual San Francisco team, or did you I've, see them? I've asked him. Okay. Yeah, we'll find waiting. out. Waiting. We'll find out. Here are today's BYUSN headlines. Chase Fisher of BYU men's hoops suffered a shoulder stinger in practice yesterday. He was evaluated by a doctor last night. No update specifically on Fisher's status as of now. 
Women's Hoops is one out in the coaches' poll. The Cougars host San Francisco Thursday at 8 Eastern on, on BYU TV. So you'd think if they won both this week, they would be ranked in a poll next week. A shot, an outside shot to be ranked in both polls. But for sure, you would think they'd be in at least the coaches' poll. Yeah, we, we like the AP more than the coaches because we don't think the coaches have the time to actually vote. Uh, let's see who won. <laughs> uh, yep, put them there. So graphically, we only use the AP. little inside scoop that you don't care about. BYU men's volleyball stays at number three, speaking of rankings, for a third straight week in the off-the-block media poll, which Jerem Jordan votes in. The Cougars did receive a first-place vote from and one of your media cohorts, It was Jerem. not me. It was not me. I, I don't think BYU is the number one team in the country right now. I think UCLA is. We'll talk with Jalen Reyes, assistant coach, former libero for BYU, coming up. And the Cue new— the angry BYU volleyball fans <laughs> in three, <laughs> two, three, two, one. one. No, it's one now. The new SB Nation S&P preseason college football ratings have BYU at number 35. Number 35. So the other day, ESPN uh, Football Power Index, number 43, now number 35. David Nixon will join us coming up to uh, discuss that and other football items in about 10 minutes. Okay. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Pray for the fish. Err. The most consistent scorer for BYU this season has been senior guard Chase Fisher. 14 straight games in double figures, and wouldn't you know it, he's the guy that had to leave practice early yesterday due to a shoulder stinger injury. Sigh. He's seeing a specialist, or has seen a specialist, I should say. Yesterday. Unknown on how much it will affect Chase for tomorrow's game at San Francisco. So with that in mind... Answer today's Twitter question. If Chase Fisher is less than 100%, who needs to step up for BYU hoops? You don't see a doctor if you're 100%. JS, right? So use the hashtag BYUSN. At TashaLynn19. Celius! Only having two working shoulders between the two of them just isn't going to cut it. <sighs> How yeah, much can that, you expect from Zach Celius, who's also banged up? He, he's apparently good in practice, right? But he's sore. Okay. So that soreness is obviously affecting his shot. Now here, Chase Fisher is injured. We don't know. There are two extremes here. One, he'd go to the doctor. But they'd be like, oh, it's just, it's just bruised. You just got a stinger. You'll be okay. But he certainly isn't the same since he went and saw a doctor, in my opinion. Yet, we don't know that he's totally going to miss a game, right? Remember last year, Chase Fisher had like concussion-like symptoms uh, after getting hit in the head with a ball in the shoot-around. At Pepperdine, at which Pepperdine. was so dumb. And BYU lost that game. BYU lost that game with Chase Fisher this year. But th- this is concerning because because of the matchup with San Francisco. BYU played it, one of its best games of the season at home, uh, 102-92. Gave up 92, but still won because they put up 102. one of the best. In a game where Chase Fisher scored 25. Zach Sayers scored 20 So what now? What does this mean for BYU basketball? I mean, we're talking about potentially filling in the void for a guy who has put up big-time numbers, not just in the West Coast Conference, but in the nation, which now takes us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. I think Chase Fisher's value is higher than you think. Listen to this. Chase Fisher's BYU's leading scorer, 18.3 points per game, fifth in the conference, and ninth in made threes nationally with 79. Chase Fish is a good player. I called him out to his face during a commercial shoot during the summer because he said, Mitch Matthews, elite. He's like, I wonder what you guys say about me. And I said that you're sometimes inconsistent. And we joked about that for a while. And then he put inconsistent on his screensaver on his phone to yes. remind himself yes. about it. So when he was inconsistent at the beginning of the year, I thought, what have I done? But since the Harvard game, 
where he didn't make a field goal. He's been a really good player. Oh, he's fact, been BYU's best scorer. Yes, BYU's most consistent player, in my opinion. Hit 37% from three. I think he needs to get in the 40s on that, but he's been a really good player. Really good for BYU. So if Chase Fisher is not 100% and he's 60 or 80 or whatever, maybe he has to sit out a game. We don't know. We will give you the details as soon as something is confirmed. If I'm to BYU, us. I don't say, I don't say anything. By the way, who has? Yeah, make them prepare like they're. The, and speaking of the opponents that they, that Chase Fisher is going to be in, so, Jerem, who is the guy or guys that have to step up in the absence of Chase Fisher? Kyle Collinsworth to me, averaging fourteen point nine points per game right now. I think he needs to insert himself as a scorer. He needs to get in the lane. He needs to take care of mismatches offensively. Collinsworth is best when he's not necessarily a scorer, but he needs to be a threat scoring the ball with his back to the basket and getting uh, to the rim on rim runs. Here's the thing. No one on BYU's team draws a double team. So there's not like a ton of open looks. There's a lot of dribbling around right now, a lot of, a lot of pull-ups. That's tough. It's tough. You, higher percentage shots are when they're uncontested. Okay, So you want to get to the rim. You want to get free throw. That's why people shoot higher free throw percentages than any other shot on the court. Typically, because it's uncontested. So to me, it's Collinsworth. Be aggressive, still set up guys, still make shots from other guys, but he needs to be a scorer. Because then the defense collapses, now there's open shots for the Wings. In games that Chase Fisher has not played well or has had lower minutes, has not scored a ton, I looked at the guys that did step up to help BYU either win that game or stay competitive, like game, the game at Colorado notably. I think it has to be the combination of two guys, Nick Emery and Zach Selyus. Because they shoot the three, you have to make up for Chase's inability to shoot the three because of injury, if that's the case. If that's the case. And Nick Emery and Zach Selyus are the two guys that have proven to be able to hit those shots. Zach is struggling right now. So is Nick from three. Nick is four for his last 25 from three the last four games. That's why they got to step up. That is bad. And... He needs to jump out of that funk because BYU is going to play a tough matchup. Aside from last year's game in which BYU won by 31, which was at the time we called it the best win of the season for BYU. BYU had played a one, four, and seven-point game at San Francisco the previous three years. Rex Walters knows how to play BYU in that gym three out of the last four. Nick Emery, the one thing about him is he will continue to shoot his way out of a slump. You should have noticed that by now. And in the two biggest wins of the season. He's hit a huge he three. Was, he was not good in those games, but had timely threes at Gonzaga. in each game. And against St. Mary's. Like, he has no, he has no shame that way, which is, which is good in a way. BYU needed those shots. If he's not uber confident in those situations, BYU doesn't get those threes, doesn't win those games. Does not win those games. And BYU basketball collectively feeling a sense of urgency starting with this week. I think there's been a greater sense of urgency with all of us to understand that you know, we're, we're in a position where we're fighting now. We're battling to, to get into the tournament and to, to win the WCC tournament. And you know, Every game we just got to get better and continue to, to improve. I would hope there's a sense of urgency after you lose the Pacific. I mean, this isn't like a huge news flash, right? I wanted more of a sense of urgency prior to the Pacific game. Other comments from yesterday were that, well, you know, it... it we might have overlooked Pacific. Yeah, yeah, that happens. So now BYU can't look over anyone. They have to have the highest sense of urgency. All the rhetoric is great, right? BYU has to go to San Francisco and win with Chase Fisher, who got a stinger in practice and whatever implications that has. 
To understand the reality and gravity of this specific Chase Fisher situation a little bit better, let's revisit the overly active roster movements and changes for this BYU basketball team this year. Aside from whether or not Chase can play, Jake Toulson is no longer with the team. Indefinite leave for now. Corey Calvert, transferred. Cooper Ainge, no longer on the team. BYU's running out of guys that can, quote-unquote, step up. If you can't, if you don't have enough guys, what are you going to do? The guys that are there that can step up. BYU just needs them to do so. There's not a ton. Like, Jordan Chapman, hey, maybe be an offensive weapon in some way at the rim or at least taking quality shots. Jacob Hartsock. Uh, I know shot selection was an issue at the end of that game with the minute he put up a, an ill-advised three. He was being aggressive, uh, but if he can if he can do what he did against St. Mary's, which was he started, he contributed by making some shots, played solid defense, got some rebounds. BYU, I don't think BYU has to do anything fantastic or spectacular. I think that they need to take good shots. An- another guy that needs to play really well, and he did on Saturday, unfortunately in the loss, Kyle Davis. Can Kyle Davis be effective at the rim? to where BYU can get some easy buckets, can open up some shooters. BYU preparing for a tricky road matchup against San Francisco, knowing they cannot lose another game until the West Coast Conference Tournament if they have any shot of getting an at-large bid to the NCAA Tournament. So, the challenge has been issued for the Cougars as they try and make that resume a little bit better. That takes us to our daily RPI Watch. It's the Daily RPI Watch on BYU Sports Nation. The Cougars at 75. As of today, they have a top 50 RPI win because St. Mary's is right at number 50. Three top 100 wins, but three 200-plus losses. That will have to swing mightily in favor of more top 100 wins. I feel like this is, we're going to the Dow Jones or the Stock Exchange or something. Every time I hear that bell. like That's because that's like, what it is. <laughs> I, it's interesting that BYU, it, BYU moved up one, whatever. So in 75 days, BYU will be number one in the RPI. What? No. BYU could have top 50 RPI wins as Gonzaga climbs and St. Mary's climbs. BYU could knock them from that perch a little bit. But I could see a situation where at the end of the year, let's say BYU beats Gonzaga at home, that BYU could have on its resume three top 50 RPI wins in conference. It's not over. It's not, it's, it's, yeah, it's not but the Chase Fisher news is not encouraging in Ugh. that way. So BYU's got to play a great game Thursday. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Join BYU Sports Nation. Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. If Chase Fisher is less than 100%, who needs to step up for BYU hoops at 86 WI Coog? Need entire bench to step up zero points last game. Need Kafusi inside presence? Help open up outside for Hartsock and Emery. All three need a big game. Yeah. In BYU's wins over uh, St. Mary's and Gonzaga, they didn't play a great game. I thought they played really good, de- great defense. They, they what, held Gonzaga and St. Mary's sub-70. 59, in fact, St. Mary's. So to me, that's the key. San Francisco is a tougher matchup offensively, sorry, defensively for the BYU Cougars. Try and keep them uh, you know, in the, in the 70s somehow, and BYU get into the 80s. That's, that's a winning formula for me. Jay Dubois, 56. Jordan Chapman can do it easily, needs opportunity. Now, he's a guy that has been tabbed as a defensive specialist, and he's a pretty good on-the-ball defender, but he hasn't been shooting the ball well from outside lately. So, can Jordan Chapman be that guy? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who's enabled to do so. Mm. So, a couple games into the season, Nick Emery 
was given kind of the green light, like, go ahead and be yourself. And he's been a good scorer, 15 points a game. Uh, struggled recently from three. But then Jacob Hartsock gets the start against St. Mary's. He hits three threes in that game. Could Jordan Chapman be a guy that does that? Jerem Jordan says Kyle Collinsworth needs to do more. I say Nick Emery, Zach Selyus. What do you say? Coming up, spring football nears for BYU. New staff, new attitude. Well, what's the big difference we'll see on the field? David Nixon joins us. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation like you don't already. And use the hashtag BYUSN. For those that don't, we would love to have you follow at BYU Sports Nation. Hey, we have a doubleheader Thursday night. Uh, the BYU pilot, is currently fl- uh, Greg Short, is currently flying or hanging out with uh, in the airport, the San Francisco women's team. That's at 8 Eastern time, Thursday night, in Provo, Spencer Linton on the call. Then 10 Eastern time, Blaine Fowler, Dave McCann, and the homies are in the Bay Area hanging out uh, as well. 10 Eastern time, the men's team. So doubleheader starting 8 Eastern time, Thursday night, against the Dons. Twitter question today. If Chase Fisher of BYU men's hoops is less than 100%, he's out with a shoulder stinger as of yesterday in practice. Who needs to step up for BYU hoops at our greenhouse? As Emery... Celius or Hartsock, and we really need two of them to step up, and they have to step it up or else no train. Okay. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Listen, yeah, if, if Chase Fisher isn't 100%, you need a nice performance from the Cougars to win because San Francisco should have beaten Gonzaga at home. They blew it. They blew it in you know the second I, half. You know what I kind of felt like on Saturday after BYU lost to Pacific? Hmm. When Harrison Ford in The Fugitive jumps off the bus and the train derails and the engine is like going down the hill towards him. He's like running away from the train. That, that's what I, it feels I, like I, with I, you. I was that guy. And it, that train is called single digit seed. And you're like, ah! <laughs> yeah. Good movie. Oh, fantastic movie. U.S. Marshall is great follow-up. One movie. of my yeah. favorites of all time. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, is BYU TV football analyst David Nixon. We're taking a timeout from hoops to talk about BYU football because spring ball is right around the corner. David, welcome back to the show, man. Hey, guys. How's it going? Not too shabby. Did you like The Fugitive, David? Uh, honestly, one of the top five movies ever. Right? Yeah, yeah really good. <laughs> really good. So good. Okay, now that we've got that out of the way. <laughs> After BYU has been ranked or rated, whatever you want to use, 43rd and 35th in the preseason ESPN football power index and the S&P, where do you think BYU fits in nationally in preseason rankings as of today? Well, I think those rankings are fun because now football is officially over with the Super Bowl being over. Um, so full depression sets in. So these these power indexes, they're, they're kind of fun to, to look at and talk about. But I tell you what, with this team, with the new staff, I think it's tough to put a number on anything because there's so many unknowns. And, and this team can come out and they could be a top 15, top 20 team, or it could take time for the system and for the new coaches to kind of get in the swing and, and we could be a top 50 team. So I think there's so many unknowns that those numbers, yeah, it takes into account kind of the recruits and everything like that. But at the end of the day, I think there's just still too many unknowns to really put a true number on things and for BYU fans to say, okay, we're 36, we're sitting good. I mean, it, it could be much better or it could be worse and the, with the fact that it might take time for, for these groups, uh, the team and the coaches, to both develop. David, how does um, Taysom Hill's decision and not knowing maybe who BYU's starting quarterback this fall is maybe affect your perception of where BYU fits? Um, maybe a little bit. I, I think um, 
you know, have, having Taysom come back, if, if, if he does, uh, I think that obviously boosts their chances. But at the same time, you know, the, I think the, the people that took into account that Tanner Mangum, freshman of the year, I mean, he, he fared well for BYU and he, he did well. And so um, I think they took that into account. That's probably why they ranked him where they're at. So I don't know if necessarily their ranking would change per se. Um, but I think BYU football is in good hands with either quarterback, to be honest. I mean, Taysom's a veteran. Um, he, he knows football very well. He's a student of the game. And you got Tanner, who's who on the field can obviously produce. He's he's a he's a proven now veteran. Now coming into his sophomore year, he's got a full year underneath his belt. He's a veteran on the squad, and and so you know I think I think BYU football is good, uh, you know, safe in, in both those guys' hands. But um, no question, it'll be an interesting dynamic uh, if that happens. Let's have some hypothetical fun here. If you were a member of the new BYU football coaching staff, what would you say is the number one need of improvement as spring ball begins at the end of the month? I don't know if improvement's the word. I think it's more just getting familiarized with each other. I mean, they've got to install their packages, and, and, and as players, you're coming into this, and, yeah, you're going to be switching it up. We know that, that Satake went with a 4-3, and that's kind of been his bread and butter. Uh, but BYU right now kind of has the personnel for a 3-4. But, you know, so there's a lot of stuff on the defense side of the ball that's got to be changed. And, of course, with, with Ty coming in, offensively going to a pro-style offense compared to the spread they were last year with the Nye. So, I'd say more than anything, uh, the improvement section has just got to be learning both offense and defense. And, and you only have so many practices to get that underneath your belt. Um, and, you know, a lot, some of those practices count as scrimmages. So you're really not out there on the field doing true, you know, learning the defense. You're out there really playing at that point. So um, it's going to be an interesting spring ball. And as, as a player, you're excited because it's, it's something new. Obviously, you know, change is always good in, in the sense that it kind of gets a group invigorated. It gets them excited. And I think that's exactly what this should do for – this BYU football team, it, it, you know, with with Kalani coming in and his squad, um, I, I think the the players are, are excited for some change. And um, you know, we, we've seen that with Kalani and, and, and kind of how he's been going out there and in, in, in the public and, and being him and just being open and very genuine. Um, and it's kind of a change from Bronco, uh, which, which is good. I mean, I think Bronco serviced uh, what he needed to do, but uh, it's kind of refreshing to see Kalani. I think the players are responding to that. More along those lines, uh, now that we're just a couple weeks into g- kind of getting to know and, and feeling out this new coaching staff, what other differences have you noticed with this staff? You know, I just – we saw last year – or the last few years with Mark Atwai, how he took to kind of Twitter and, and he was and, – and same with Coach Holiday. He was – they were very open and, and expressive. And I think we see that with this whole coaching staff. You see them tweeting, you see them getting excited um, and, and talking to the players. I think you know everyone's ready. Everyone wants to get back on the field ASAP uh, because they realize what they've got the task at hand. They've got a phenomenal schedule ahead of them, um, and they've got this coaching staff that, that's ex- that's excited. and And I think that passes on to the players. You've seen tweets about the the offseason workouts are a beast, and and uh, you know that, that it feels good though to get out there and work hard. And I think this team's motivated. I think they're coming off a season where. They realize, you know, especially that last game of the year with Utah, kind of left a bitter taste in their mouth, and, and they realize, look, if we just take care of the ball one or two possessions there, we walk away with the win. And so they were close on a lot of those games, and, and, and so moving forward, I think there's some optimism with this group, knowing that now you do have uh, Tanner, a sophomore, has got a year into his belt, and then potentially Taysom, a uh, veteran quarterback. you got those guys coming back. You know, you've got some great recruiting uh, recruits that are coming in from this, this recruiting class. I think, uh, I think it's definitely exciting around there, and, and I think not only fans but players, want to get to spring ball as soon as possible. Former BYU and NFL linebacker David Nixon on BYU Sports Nation. Follow him on Twitter, at D underscore Nixon. Let's talk about that BYU signing class, David. One week later, what is your headline coming out of Kalani Satake's 
inaugural signing class as the BYU head coach? Well, I, I think they went after players is kind of what I look at. I, I don't necessarily know if they plugged the holes. I, I would have loved to have seen them maybe go after a few more receivers that could come in and contribute right away. We see Jonah Tournament as uh, kind of that guy. Um, but we, we saw that they just went after athletes. And I think it's a, I think it's a great philosophy. I mean, obviously you need to, to assess your needs and, 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 and go after those. But at the same time, um, at the end of the day, you want athletes on your team. And, and, and we've seen guys, Harvey Long, he was running back, but then switched over to linebacker when he came to BYU. And, and we've seen, uh, you know, Mike Davis was a receiver turned to DB. So if you have athletes on the field, you can find a, a spot for them um, on the other side of the ball or anywhere if they're a true athlete. And so look at this recruiting class. I think they went after some great athletes that are going to be able to contribute. And, and it might not be the same position they played in high school. They might shift around a little bit. Uh, but if they can play ball, then they'll find a spot for them. And, and that's what I like about this coaching staff, and they've kind of conveyed that is, uh, and this is what happens when you have a new coaching staff, is the best man gets on the field. You know, the coaching staff is new to the players, and the players are new to the coaching staff. Yeah, they've watched film on them, but at the end of the day, they're going to go out there in this spring ball, and they're going to say, hey, this guy's a player, or this guy's not what, quite what we thought off film, and they'll assess it from there. So for players, man, this is an exciting time. It's time to go prove yourself and uh, show that you belong on that field. What should we expect from BYU Spring Ball, which starts at the end of this month? Uh, no official date announced yet, but uh, they plan on going a little earlier. What, what, uh, what do we expect uh, from BYU? Well, I think there's going to be some, some kind of rough times and learning the offense, and, and you're going to have quarterbacks. Uh, the exchanges might not be as clean because now they'll be going out the pro style under the center and now doing dropbacks and the running back timing is going to be a little different. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I, I love the pro-style offense since that gives you so much, uh, uh, so many different options, and, and it's very, very flexible in the sense that you can still go back to shotgun, which is what BYU done, has done the last few years. But also you can stay in your center, you can do some play action. And in reality, the pro-style offense, I like the pro-style offense because it opens it up for bigger plays because of that play action. When a quarterback's in shotgun and he does a play action to a running back that's in the backfield with him, staying next to him, as backers, we don't really bite on that much because it's pretty easy to tell from the offensive lineman when they stand up, it's going to be a pass, and so you don't really pay attention to the play action. But when it's a pro style and that quarterback's dropping back and hiding that ball, it's a, it's a tough thing for, for uh, defenses to read, and, and that's why you see in the pros, you see a lot of pro style offense because of just that. So um, I think in spring ball, I, I think you'll see you know, both sides filling each other out. I think coaches will be filling out the players. At the time, same time players, you fill out the coaches because – Every coaching staff kind of has a regimen, and they kind of have tendencies that come along with them of what they call. As a player, you want to know exactly what that tendency is. Well, on second down, we rush, but on third down, you know, he likes to drop. And so it just gives you kind of a heads up on what to anticipate. And so, you know, players are going to be filling out their coaches as well and try to figure out their coaching scheme and and kind of their coaching approach. And so it'll be interesting to see how how that all meshes together and comes together because, uh, you know, that's exactly what spring ball is for. David Nixon with us on BYU Sports Nation talking BYU spring football. What kind of a difference will the Heisman Trophy winner, Ty Detmer, have on guys like Tanner Mangum or Taysom Hill as players in his first year? Well, I think you're going to see a lot with this coaching staff. I mean, the majority of these guys played at the college level. Some played at the pro level, including Reno, Ty, et cetera. So I think more than anything, credibility is brought to the table. Um, I remember when I played in St. Louis, my uh, linebacker coach played Division Three and he didn't even really play. I think he was a bench warmer. And so when he tells you, hey, you got to drop to the flats after you've you know, bluffed at the offensive line, you're thinking, I can't get there. It's impossible for me to get there. And so you kind of start to doubt their, their coaching approach. But when you got a guy like Ty who's coaching some of the best with Brett Favre and he's been there, done that, uh, it just lends some credibility to, to them. And, and so when a coach does tell you, hey, I need you to do this, you think, okay, well, he's done it. 
you know, he understands how tough it is, I can go out there and, and do that. So, um, you know, I, 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 I love what, what they've done down there with former players coming in uh, because at the end of the day, you, you, you know, as a player, you respect those coaches um, and, because they've been there and, and done that, and, and you know, you, you can go, kind of go from there. When there is a guy on the staff um, who maybe didn't play college ball or whatever, how, how does that guy earn the respect of the players in those situations you described? Well, I think it's in the, all in the film room. Whenever, whenever a coach, you know, maybe he didn't play college ball, but he's a smart-minded coach, and so when he comes in and he can point out tendencies that help you, and, and whenever you go out on the field against a, against a team and his tendencies come true, uh, when he says, hey, this offensive lineman's leaning this way, it's usually this run, um, and you go out there and all of a sudden, boom, it happens, then he has instant credibility with you. So it's not like every coach has to have played uh, because there are obviously some really bright minds in the game that, that haven't played football. Um, but they obviously just know the game well, and, and they can pick out those type of tendencies. So um, it's just, once again, it's all about credibility with players. And if you can go out there and you can bring it through experience or just through film study and, and through the smarts of being football um, savvy, then, then you know, players respect you, and players will kind of do whatever. They'll, they'll run through a brick wall for you because uh, they know that what you're coaching them and what you're telling them to do uh, is going to bring success to not only you but the team. David Chur Faults, when you first heard that BYU was 43rd in the ESPN Football Power Index, did you think, hey, that's my number? <laughs> uh, true, kind of because 43, I feel like this, it's just it's a part of me, you know? I mean, uh, it, 43, it's still my like Gmail account. I have 43 on there, which I still feel like so elementary to have that as my <laughs> email account. But there, um, It could be a lot weirder. Yeah, yeah it could, it could, but... No, it's, uh, once again, it's exciting times because it's something to talk about. But at the end of the day, I think as players and the foreign players, you realize, man, all those preseason rankings, all that means nothing. All that matters is when you step on that field against Arizona and how you perform there, and then you take it from game by game from there and, and crank away. And, man, I'm excited. I, uh, you know, I, wish, I wish this conversation was happening in June or July. But, um, you know, I think, we got, I think as, as a fan base, as former players, I think everyone's excited to kind of see how the spring ball comes about and rolls out and, and, and you know, how these players react to this coaching staff. And more anything to be out there on the field watching them coach and kind of their, their approach to the game and how they handle the players uh, because every coach is different. Every, every player reacts differently as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of how this team gels together. Did you have a Juno account? Uh, no, AOL, though. AOL? Uh, okay. Don't sleep, don't sleep on the AOL Instant Messenger back in, like, seventh grade. <laughs> it was so awesome. MSN You've got Messenger. mail. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, the best sound ever. Is a junior yeah. dial-up. I've was, got an email. Dial-up was the best sound ever. <laughs> <laughs> David, great stuff, man. Uh, I guarantee we will talk football plenty more in the days to come. Hey, sounds good, guys. Y'all da- take care. David Nixon on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. We're not that far away, Jerem. In fact, how many days is it? Countdown to the Wildcats. 206. What you doing over there? <laughs> Jer- Jer's got the potato chip. <laughs> I'm hungry, man. That interview hey, made me hungry. Hey, don't get grease on your computer. <laughs> Studio equipment. <laughs> no, oh, no food yeah. or drink in here? I love the originality of this. I love it. Up next, BYU football really adds a hungry, though. listen to this though. BYU football adds a new member to the staff. All right. More on that. Plus, we play more or less. This is BYU Sports Nation. Don't spill.
Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and the potato chip eating Jerem Jordan oh, currently right. in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. I'm thinking about that potato chip commercial. I think it was a Pringles commercial where it's like, do you want this with all these greasy crumbs like spilling all over you? No, or do you want this super perfect unscathed chip out of a Pringles can? I just want chips. I'm hungry. <laughs> Put the bag away. Okay, hold on. Hold on a little more. The BYU store, our proud sponsor, not so much right now with the potato (laughs) chips. The official outfitter of BYU fans. This is who we are. This is not a character. Hey, we're just promoting people to go buy potato chips at the BYU store, right? Yeah. Can you do that? I'll pick it up later. All right. You do that. After the show. Hey, double header on Thursday and Saturday for BYU women's and men's basketball. San Francisco, Thursday night. I think I need to brush my teeth. Saturday, 2 Eastern time, women's game, 4 Eastern time, men's game. I have so much grease on my hands. There's (laughs) legitimate grease on the desk. Everywhere. (laughs) Wipe it on your pants. Why would I do that? I have... Or a napkin. Just something. Okay, so let's add a new BYU Sports Nation headline to the show. BYU football and Kalani Satake have announced the hiring of Jack DeMooney. Yes. As new director of player personnel, he's a former football player at BYU, keeping in theme with what Kalani has done in large part, bringing former BYU guys back to BYU. He, he played in 93-94, so DeMooney now the director of player personnel, which means what, Jerem? Uh, that, that hadn't happened before that position, so I, I think this is uh, a position on staff where they just want to get him in and can get him involved in whatever way they want. Uh, that, that person on the men's basketball team, is Garrett Fawcett, who typically is over kind of video and that kind of thing. I don't know that DeMooney is going to do that per se. But DeMooney has a great story. He's kind of the BYU Rudy. I don't know if you've heard of this. Uh, but he wanted to play college football bad, played at Dixie, and then got it to BYU and then actually uh, started. And then he stayed in football, uh, coaching uh, at different places. Huge deal, um, you know, and great story in Hawaii. Uh, so a connection there, a Kahuku guy. I know BYU wants to get back into Kahuku a little more. Um, so cool to have Jack DeMooney. And he announced on Football Signing Day to the Cougar Club that he was coming back. So this wasn't, uh, you know, didn't come out of le- uh, left field per se. We kind of saw this coming. So Jack DeMooney back in the mix for BYU. It's now official. Most recently, you mentioned, Jerem, his Hawaii ties. He has been an assistant football coach at Baldwin High School in Maui for 15 years. We're going to talk to a Hawaiian in the next segment. The Hawaii Jaylen Speed Reyes. and Quickness Complex Coordinator coach for the last six years. So he's a guy that has been around football for a very long time and can judge talent. That's what they need him for, right? Kalani Sataki wanted to get his group around him, and they would figure out how they would best use them. Because Jack DeMooney on his, on his bio is listed as being the on-campus recruiting coordinator as well. As well. Tavita Ofa and Gawe is listed as the recruiting coordinator, too. So it looks like Jack DeMooney is going to help with that as well. We know that Tavita Ofa and Gawe is IDing guys on film and helping in that way. So DeMooney and Ofa and Gawe now involved there. And this influx of Polynesians into BYU football now. Obviously, the first Tongan head coach in BYU football history is going to run it the way he wants. There is a more of a Polynesian influence on this staff than BYU has ever had in its football program. Jack DeMooney, the new director player or director of player personnel at BYU. You wonder, does this does this complete the staff? Is there somebody else that needs to be added? I can't think of another position that needs to be filled. Well, there are questions about. Um, 
you know, you, you can reset. You could, you could have a new executive secretary, right? So Ashley Soto, Vix, uh, well, I don't know, has that been fulfilled? Okay. Do, you keep, do you keep the previous? Is that announced the way that Jack DeMooney is, though? Hmm? Is that, would that position be announced the way that the, a Jack no, DeMooney position no, is but announced? Video, do you keep the video coordinator? Do you keep the equipment manager? Like, okay. you know, um, Errol Seaver and McHill have done a nice job the past couple years. Do they stay on? You know, there's still questions with the staff. With that. Omaha! We're going back to basketball. If Chase Fisher is less than 100%, who needs to step up for BYU hoops? At BYU for me. Forget two others to step up. Chase Fisher needs to step up. The great ones always do, like Jordan against the Jazz in the playoffs. Really? That's the analogy? Jordan in the playoffs? Jalen Reyes of BYU Volleyball (laughs) in studio next. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. Happy to report Jerem is done with the potato chips. Am I? Remember, if you ever miss an episode of BYUSN Live, the rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's at the bottom of the bag, too. It's like all the crumbly ones. That's why it's so so greasy. I know. Gracie Live. That's what we've got going on here. I love that there's a sign outside the studio that says no food in studio. <laughs> is there? No, I'm just kidding. There isn't. There actually is. Oh, is there yeah. really? Oh, outside absolutely. the studio? Absolutely. I know outside of the control don't, rooms there are. Don't worry about it. <clears throat> no one's. Yeah, people are watching. You're right. Hey, Thursday night, speaking of watching, doubleheader, 8 Eastern time. Women's oh. uh, team takes on San Francisco. Men's team at 10 Eastern takes on San Francisco. Live from Provo and San Francisco. Check it out Thursday night. Joining us now from the third-ranked BYU men's volleyball team is new assistant coach Jalen Reyes. Jalen, welcome back to Studio B. You want some you, chips, you dude? I'm good. You Thanks, Jerem. They don't but look that desirable to you, like Spencer? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! I want to lay. Off, I try to lay off the potato chips now. Lays, yeah, nice. <laughs> I, I, uh, we've noticed that when you were a player, sometimes you come in like shorts and stuff. Mm-hmm. You come in now. You come in. You're a coach and polos and pants. Classed it up, like, dude. You're taking it up. I don't. I, I mean, I don't have the neon yet. Sean hasn't hooked me up that much, but we'll get deal. there. We'll get there. Yeah. Will there be neon BYU volleyball Nike <laughs> polos at any point? <laughs> there probably will be because I'm, I'm to for happen. it too. So you know that you know I think that's a big thing with recruits, right? So we'll kind of get we'll kind of get there eventually for sure. We're looking at you walk in on BYU TV. Yeah, just. You just have a different aura about you, you know, as a coach. The coach flow. I, I think your hair sits better. I think everything's better. I don't know what it is. Not as crazy, I bet. <laughs> Tempered, yeah. A little more TV friendly now. Okay. Oh, trust me, this show, whatever form you come in, you're TV friendly. You can do that. Okay, important question uh, next. Do you know, you play the New Jersey Institute of Technology and Princeton this week. Do you know the mascot of NJIT? It's the Highlanders. Whoa! Whoa! Yes, nicely we done. Did, we didn't know that coming into the week. We're like, what? What are they? Yeah, nicely done. I actually, I've my dad has been coaching volleyball forever, so I remember my dad um, at Hawaii. My dad used to coach at Hawaii. They used to play NGIT like every other year, hmm. and I, I just remember sitting down asking him what a Highlander was. I don't remember what it is, but I just remember it's Highlander. Is it a Scottish Highlander? I have no I, idea. Uh, I don't know. I just assume it's some kind of warrior. Is it like a Joyzy Highlander? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> It's a warrior. You can't pump a, your own gas here, man. Who owns a pizzeria in New Jersey? That's what a Highlander is. How did how did Princeton and the New Jersey Institute of Technology get on the schedule? Um, I think kind of going back. I remember Sean was talking about it where uh, we kind of wanted to go back east just because the national championship. Hopefully, we can get there. Uh, is at Penn State, so get to the Eastern Time Zone, get to play a couple of matches out there. Um, 
think it's a big thing for recruiting. We're recruiting mm, a bunch okay. of kids that are kind of back east. And uh, I think it was just kind of get out of conference and get to play other teams and get to travel and see a different part of the country than we normally get to. I mean, I'm not complaining having to go to L.A. and Hawaii every single weekend. But, uh, you know, it would be good to go back east. 19 degrees uh, on Saturday is the high. You're indoor. So I play indoor. Yeah, luckily. <laughs> Luckily, it's <laughs> Jalen Reyes of BYU Volleyball with us. What's the biggest philosophical change for you specifically in one year going from Division One athlete to Division One coach? I guess for me, it was kind of finding the line between my buddies and now I'm their coach. I think that's like the biggest change for me being, you know, being one of the guys now being, you know, their coach, not being able to go grab a bite to eat all the time or go hang out all the time. It's kind of stuff like that. So that's been the biggest change. Um, in terms of the coaching, I felt like I've always kind of helped out guys with technique stuff here and there and suggestions maybe during matches. So that stuff, I'm not going to say it comes natural because it's different, different because I'm in a different role, but I would say probably the line between, you know, coach versus a teammate. Have you probably. heard this yet? You've changed, bro. Uh, yeah, a bunch of the guys say that. <laughs> when I When we get on them, they're like, Jay, what? You know, so it's 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 definitely a weird line, but it's it's a lot better now than it was maybe like maybe the first couple of weeks of mm. the school year for sure. Who's the best team in the country right now, in your opinion? The best team in the country, um, honestly, I would say there's about five right now, and you know I don't mean disrespect of people that I don't include in this five. I would say that us, UCLA, Hawaii, Stanford, and Long Beach State on any given night in any given gym could beat either one of us. And I think that those five are playing the best volleyball right now. And, you know, they happen to be at the top of the conference right now. So that's always nice. The margin of difference is razor thin between those five. Yeah. Yeah. yeah looking at what's been done so far and you look at the, the top five just in the conference. So the top five are in your conference, right? So it's like the SEC, Big Ten and Pac-12, the best of those in one conference in volleyball, essentially, that every week is tough. Yet... The last four weeks, um, you guys have been able to get a couple of uh, four sweeps in a row over good uh, Irvine and Santa Barbara teams. What what changed other than the competition for you guys? Um, just I think for us, it's just us playing better. You know, we're kind of getting the guys kind of settling into their role on the team, and you know, we're just being a little more consistent. You know, I thought we passed the ball really, really well this weekend. This is the first weekend. Um, we haven't even given up an ace or an overpass. You know, we want to kind of be around five percent reception errors, and we were at zero. So, I mean, that's awesome. And, you know, I thought we served a lot better. We've been serving a lot better since, you know, this past couple weekends. We didn't serve that great this past Friday night. But in terms of, uh, you know, serving between keeping down our errors but also keeping some pressure on the other teams. How do you make improvements from the service line? It's such a tricky kind of fluky thing sometimes. So what do you do to help your guys get better from the service line? Well, you know, first, you know, we, we want to give them as much reps as you possibly can. And it's really hard to, you know, simulate game time reps in practice. But we try to make them where in every single, you know, when we play drills, we try to always start it off with a serve to make it where this serve matters versus them just serving and serving, serving, serving. And, you know, getting a mindful reps and talking about being mindful about what you're doing, being mindful about your toss and your footwork and your your technique in terms of going slow to fast to be able to jump and just a whole bunch of things where you just keep the guys mindful and being you know thinking about what they're doing in practice or it becomes second nature and that way when you get out into a game when there's four or five thousand people you know we'll be able to serve the ball the way we want them to serve the ball how has Ben Patch played 
in your opinion, the coaching staff off off of a mission? I guess uh, you know, like tennis matches into the season. Well, you know, I you know playing with Ben, you know, two or three years ago. Um, offensively, he's you know he's just you know he's awesome. Like in terms of his athletic ability and his him being able to do a whole bunch of different things for us, him being able to hit high balls to where when we don't pass the ball perfect, being able to kind of clean up those situations for us. Um, his overall game is getting better, and, you know, and Ben is going to be the first one to tell you that he needs to improve a lot. He needs to improve his serve. He needs to improve his defense, his blocking, and even his attacking, be able to hit the ball all over the court. But honestly, I would say Ben's kind of right into where I thought he would come back. You know, it was nice that you know, he got back a little bit earlier than, you know, normal missionaries do where he, you know, he spent some time with USA over the summer and the spring, which is big for him in terms of seeing the best players in the country, the same age and probably even older, you know, playing with some Olympians over the summer really helped him a lot. Jalen Reyes has gone from BYU volleyball player to coach in one year now handling that dynamic. And when expectations are to win essentially a national championship every year, how do you handle that being a part of a program that is consistently at the top? For us, I mean, I think it's I think it's the same way I handle it as a player. You know, of course, I'm doing different things. You know, as a player, I, every single day it's about getting better. You know, I'm a big believer, and if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. You know, so I take that same philosophy as being a coach. You know, being able to help out the guys, kind of not really taking a day off, even if there's a quote unquote we have a day off or there's no practice or no match today. You know, what can I do to help this program? Whether it's call a recruit or talk to a club director or you know sit down sit down Ben Patch and look at his serve or help Eric Sykes with his passing moves, you know, just a whole bunch of different things that you can help get this program better, you know, helping our red shirts out that don't get a whole lot of reps in practice, you know, maybe going out there and serving, tossing a couple balls to them to where, you know, maybe it's not going to necessarily help our program out this year, but, you know, the expectations are going to be the same next year and four years from now. So kind of putting in the time. What does your dad, a longtime coach, uh, have to say about you being a coach? Like, what's the conver- what are the conversations like on, you know, Sundays when you get a chat or whatever? Um, I mean, a lot of it is just kind of his thoughts on what we're, you know, and a lot of his thoughts are kind of the similar thoughts going along with us, you know. And, and Dad knows that now that I'm a, I'm a coach, you know, you know he, he'll put his input in, but he doesn't expect me to, like, take it or listen. But, <laughs> I mean, a lot of the things that he talks about, you know, he has a good eye. And I feel, you know, I attribute to, you know, I think I have a good eye for volleyball because of him, you know, kind of sitting in him and, sitting down with him and kind of talking volleyball for ever since I wanted to, you know, be in, the, be in this game. And, uh, you know, we just chat about just random stuff. We'll chat about uh, other matches going on. He does a good job. of. He always stays up, you know, you know, it's super late here, but he'll stay up and watch since he's back in Hawaii. He'll watch Hawaii play like this past week in UCLA, and he'll yep. kind of talk about Hawaii and UCLA and how we match up and just certain stuff that maybe we might not catch where he'll just kind of give us this and, when me and Sean and Luca talk about, you know, the upcoming opponents, maybe, you know, like, hey, you know, we've had a, a bunch of cool ideas that, you know, came from uh, a reliable source that maybe we should look into. And then another big thing my dad's helped me with a lot is um, my dad, uh, he coaches women's now, but over the summer he still coaches with the USA, uh, like the boys, youth, and select group. So he kind of helps me out with a lot of, like, the 16-, 17-year-olds I, be sh- I should be highly interested in. There you go. Okay, nice. okay. There's always a pipeline going there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jalen, have you signed our new stretch wide flag, by the way? I don't believe I have. Okay, we need you to sign that. Let's go ahead and distribute the BYU Sports Nation karma to Jalen as well so he can coach the BYU team on this East Coast road swing. Go and sign the flag. Take the karma, my friend. And take two brooms with you. <laughs> the backies. 
Our Twitter question today is Jalen signs the flag. If Chase Fisher is less than 100%, who needs to step up for BYU hoops? Sending your tweets using the hashtag BYUFN. And the chips are back for Jaron Jordan. Did we find that sign, by the way? Is there a sign outside of the studio? Whatever. <laughs> there it is. Please, no food or drink. Bottled water, okay. What do you have to say for yourself, Jerem? You said please, so I guess I <laughs> Let's whip it next. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Jerem? Let's eat chips. Okay. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Chase Fisher suffered a shoulder stinger in practice yesterday. He was evaluated by a doctor last night. There's no update yet on Fisher's status for Thursday's please game. Please play. Women's basketball. BYU women's hoops. Just one spot out of the coaches' top 25 poll. They're four out of the AP. Cougars host San Francisco Thursday at 8 Eastern as they go for 13 straight wins live on BYU TV. Volleyball. Volleyball. Stays at number three for the third straight week in the Austin Block media poll. I voted them number three as well. BYU received first place vote. Wasn't me. Uh, also, the women's team has hired Johnny Neely as a new assistant coach. His brother Dave worked for us for a long time, was in a volunteer assistant at St. Mary's. Neely spent the past two seasons at Arkansas Fort Smith. Football! The new SB Nation SNP preseason college football rankings have BYU at number 35. BYU also announced this morning the hiring of former Cougar safety Jack DeMooney. He's the new director of player personnel and on-campus recruiting coordinator. Jimmer! Fredette had 25 points, 6 rebounds, and 3 assists in the Westchester Knicks. 93-85 loss to the Iowa Energy so cool that Jimmer's just dropping 20-plus on a regular basis. I know it's the D-League, but it's, it's just good to hear that. Yeah. BYU currently a projected three seed. What? Single-digit seed? But in the NIT right now. Aww. That, according to NYCBuckets.com. I don't want to know that. Just yeah, win. I do, but yeah. Just win, man. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. And it's Jimmer. Got himself on the Sports Center top 10 thanks to a sweet pass from his teammate, but the top 10 no less. And made a lamp. There you go, baby. Elite tweet of the day from at that Wiley Guy 91. It's time for Rexosaurus Rex Nate Austin to step up and foul out the other team single handedly. Eight away. Thanks to all of our guests. Show on demand for Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to 